Good morning. What's up? What's good? However you know us, welcome to our annual. We can say this is annual now. This is three years in a row of doing draft coverage. Our annual, yeah, our annual draft four. mock draft. Four. Oh yeah, four. And the one was live. Yeah. You just got a live. You got. You just got a live draft. A live show. Appreciate that. Facts. We are here joined by our resident college football insider because nobody else here at Artifile really watches college football if we keep it in the butt. <laughs> but Tony is here with us. I watch the national championship game. I do that yeah, much. Yeah, so good. You know. Yeah, I know. I see, I've, I've seen Alabama play, you know, at least like four times. That's this. No, who won this year? Fuck. Um, yep. Uh, Georgia. Yeah, Again. that's right. The niggas were stacked. And then told everybody nobody believed them. I remember it now. Memory starting to the kick wildest out. lie <laughs> of the entire college football season. Like they wrote us out. Like nigga, nobody wrote you out. Niggas had you written in. Like you was chalk. But we we are here to give our annual draft. Um, looking forward to it. Obviously, real quick before we get into the picks, want to ask a couple questions. Um, and I ask you this every year: if you rate in this draft in terms of like. Like, how good of a draft class this is. Like, people always say, like, oh, this is a weak class. Oh, this is a strong class. I never really know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, right. Outside of, like, you get a handful of years, like, fine. Like, Andrew Luck came out. Niggas knew, like, all right, you won the luck. Um, but is this, in your opinion, a strong draft class, mid, weak? Where's the rank for you? Um, That's a good question. Uh, it's tough to rank it. I think that. There, there's a lot of good pieces to add to a team. I don't, I don't know how many of these guys can come in and like change a team to say the least. But it's a lot of good pieces to come in and add good value to a to your team. And if you're a team that's looking to, you know, that's looking to build, like the Bears, you'll get good pieces for Justin Fields. If you're a team that's looking for someone to just come around and change the culture. Like um, a Houston or or a Carolina or something, you have your options. Is just do you like your options? That's fair. Um, who is, in your opinion, the best player in this draft? This is a question that I've been going back and forth with, looking at everybody. But for me, it's Bryce Young, and when you watch all these shows, you listen to these different podcasts and stuff like that, and they say, you know, Bryce Young has everything. He's just just wonderful size can hold up. But just from a pure skill standpoint and intangible standpoint, there's nothing he can't do. He's mobile. He can run. Um, he He's a winning player. He's he's not just out there putting up numbers. Like, he, he wills. He's willed Alabama to win games. You've seen it, specifically the Texas game. Um, he can th- make every throw, as they say. You know, he can. His deep ball is is great, specifically for his size. Um, and he's a good he's a good leader. You know, to be the quarterback of Alabama, you kind of have to be, because you got a lot of guys who are the number one player where they're from. So, for them to follow you, that takes something. Yeah. Uh, my last one, real quick, just to hit home. Is there any doubt if Caleb Williams is allowed to come out this year, he would be the number one pick? No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a thought. It wouldn't be a thought. He's unless he has unless I don't even want to say he unless he has 
unless Drake may does something next year that or Shador Sanders does something next year that has never been done. Like unless they have like a Joe Barrow type season or a, a Cam Newton type season, unless that happens, he's going to be number one pick. And he really only has to do half of what he did last year for him to keep that number one pick. Now, for me as a fan, I obviously want him to do more or just as much, but he doesn't have to do that much to keep that number one status. No, I I, I would agree. He's the it, – it's rare, like, times are so crazy, and, like, the NFL moves – the NFL moves off players faster than any other league. And it's like he was getting compared to Mahomes, which is nuts because Mahomes isn't even like that old yet where you'd be like, oh, that's the player to compare to. He's also the best quarterback of – if you don't count the handful of all-time guys who are still hanging on, like obviously Brady, Breeze, Manning, et cetera, towards the beginning of his career, like Mahomes is number one by – like it's in gold. Like he, the only competition he's had, quote-unquote, the last two years was Brady. If he was like, all right, who's the best quarterback in the league? And so for Williams to get that kind of praise, that kind of comparison, it's like yeah, different. Is he the best? Is he the best quarterback prospect since Luck? Caleb, yeah. um, that's tough to say because you look at the prospects we've had over the last few years. You specifically Trevor Lawrence. Oh, I would Lawrence, say yeah. that's tough. It's tough. I would ask me again when we do this next year. <laughs> then I'll, <laughs> I can, I'll know for sure. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I right, let's let's get it started. You want to lead us off with your first pick? Um, I'm glad you. I'm glad you asked me that. Now, in doing this, based on everything that's going on, if in the past it's been kind of easier for us to do this because we can look at it and say, okay, it'll be. A trade here, trade there, and that'll be that. But um, outside of pick number one, I have no idea what's going to happen. And it was very hard for me to do a mock, so I'm kind of just moving through as I see. But I, I, I did that last year. I think, I think, I think Bryce Young is number one. Clearly, I think that based on you know reporters who who you value, um, looking at the sports books on my end, I think that Bryce Young is is going number one on Thursday night. Yeah, I for uh, I agree. Um, and from everything you've seen, is like the information that's known is, and Bryce Young's not like a cocky person, so this wasn't at least he doesn't give off cocky. He canceled all his meetings with all teams except the Panthers as of I think it was last Monday. So you could tell there was already clear communication, and it's not tampering. Teams are allowed if you have the first overall pick, you are allowed to essentially agree in principle to the terms, especially now since rookie contracts are capped. Uh, you can agree even before the draft. So I think whether his contract's official before Thursday or not, uh, Bryce Young goes one. Yeah, if he wasn't, I get it. If he was, people would like him more if he was six two, six three. Um, I think there's enough variance now uh, in terms of smaller quarterbacks being successful and not so much Breeze, but this is the Russell Wilson impact. And whether people like dislike Russell Wilson now or think he's a scrub now, 
him coming in and having the success he has makes this a valid thing to take a 5'10", 5'11", quarterback with potentially the first pick in the draft. So that's how it goes. Um, I'll go to two. And now I personally like this quarterback more than Bryce Young. That's just personally. I don't obviously I don't think he'll go before him. Um, but also I think it's a shock is that CJ Stroud from Ohio State going to uh we talked last year and both of us like Davis Mills, I think more than the average fan, but you can only go three and thirteen so many times before an owner goes, I get this motherfucker out of here. And CJ Stroud yeah. is gonna come in, he's gonna sell jerseys, he's gonna be exciting. You could argue whether we like Davis Mills or not. He's just as good, if not better, the second he walks into the building. And he's more prototypical size than someone even like Bryce Young. So I know there is... He's absolutely better than Davis Mills, with all due respect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is, I'm, just trying, I'm trying to keep consistent. I was I was hyping up Davis Mills a little bit last year. So it's like, you know, I got to I gotta stay consistent. Um, but I, just... I, Houston's played tough for their... They've played tough for the last two coaches, like, they haven't just rolled over. They've been out talented, but they've tried. Absolutely, especially in Game Seventeen. Shout out to Lovey. Um, Shout out to Lovey. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen someone say "fuck you" before they get fired. Better. Uh, but yeah, it's and I also want to say like, and I don't, I'm not as into college football, obviously, but I think the whole school quarterback like stereotype. Uh, take even away like the white and black part I think is really fucking stupid I know there's a stereotype behind like Ohio State quarterbacks but if that was the case you'd have to go with all these schools that have five stars across the board of course their stats are going to look better they're playing with the best players in the country but you see that play out when you get to the playoffs when you get to the big bowl games when you're playing the other LSU's Alabama's the other teams that are as stacked and LSU's falling off a little bit but that's when you get to really see it and to me whether his talent is better than everybody else, I think Stroud is still I, – I would take Stroud one, personally. I just don't think it happens. Gotcha. Now, we come to pick three, which, as we talk right now, is Arizona. And I'm sure neither one of us expects for them to remain at three come Thursday. Not but kind of. At the, at the current moment, for the sake of this mock draft, I think if they were to keep that pick, they go defense. Now, me personally, and spending the last few weeks, I would say close to a month almost, looking at these um, draft prospects, for me, and I'm, you know, I'm known to kind of lean from the norm when it comes to drafts, but I prefer Tyree Wilson and what he could be over Will Anderson Jr. and what he is right now. And that's not to say I, I don't like Will Anderson Jr. because I would take him right after Tyree Wilson as far as defensive players in this draft and D Lyman in this draft. But I think that Arizona would take Will Anderson Jr. Uh, real quick, did you also have Stroud at two, just to confirm real quick? Now, personally, I think it should be Bryce Young, Stroud, Stroud, Bryce Young, either way you want to go. Mm-hmm. Realistically, and based on what I'm – getting from it all and just the feeling of it, I think is Will Levis. The Texans are two. Yeah. Yeah. I had... That's interesting. Okay. Okay. Damn. Um, To the to the third pick with the Cardinals is I agree. I don't think they would. Yes, I would take one of the two edges if I'm Arizona. Um, Arizona's in one of those positions where 
you kind of know what you're getting into this season, which you've already invested all this money into Kyler Murray. You can't just get off him right uh, easily. You can't get off him easily, obviously. He just, I think his contract officially kicks in this year. Uh, so you need talent because you know he's going to come back. And if you still believe in the talent that he is, you just need to get more talented players around him. Um, obviously, they're most likely going to lose D-Hop. So I'm a big believer. And if you're bad, just get guys that can play. And the rest of that shit kind of works itself out. San Francisco is a really great model of this. When they were crap for those couple years in between Harbaugh and Shanahan, they just drafted guys that could play, racist or not. And so you now look at the roster and it's like, wow, they got pro bowlers everywhere because they just drafted motherfuckers that could play. They didn't really care so much on, did we get two defensive ends? No, they went Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas back to back because they were the best player available to them at that time. Um, And when you look at, when you look at where they were at the time, you're like, okay, we have we have to and this was in the moment, like we have to chase around Russell Wilson. Like yeah. what gives us the best chance to do that? Absolutely. Cause then eventually all that talent just starts to stack. Cause then you finally yeah. do get if you do get your quarterback right, now you've got Bosa. I understand Thompson no longer there, but then you've got a Fred Warner. You've got um I always forget his name, but the safety that's fucking crazy for them. Um is like all that talent. Jimmy started, Ward. Yeah. And you, but all that talent starts to stack up, and it's like now you look at San Francisco, and it's like they just think they can win the Super Bowl, and we don't even know who the fuck that quarterback's going to be next year. So, uh, uh, going to four with Indy, man, I hate Jim Mersey. This <laughs> should be, and I think most other, oh, I don't know, let's look at most other owners. I think if it was up to the general manager. Because I think the I think quarterback goes next, um, and I'm not here to say either Will Will Levis or Anthony Richardson is a finished product, right? It's right. very much more like the Josh Allen mold, as it he's probably going to come in that first year, and the stats are going to look like ass, and you've got to simply pay, base it on your eye test of is he getting better? Is he making better progressions? Is he making better throws? I would personally take Anthony Richardson. I think he has a higher upside. That being said, I don't think there's a chance in hell. And I do think city and culture matters. And I do think in Indiana, um, I think Will Levis, just, you know, call me, you know, an outlier. I think will fit in a little better in Indiana than Anthony Richardson would. So, and if you hear all the reports, they, they keep talking about Will Levis. Like that's the, that's the guy the Colts want. And so if it is cool, I would take Richardson, but I got, I would have Will Levis going forth to the Colts. I think that how it's looking to shape up, I think that if someone doesn't trade up at three for Stroud, I think that the Colts take Stroud. Um, I don't think the Colts love any of these guys. I think they really like them. Um, And with them not wanting to, you know, pay up for Lamar, essentially, I think they – find themselves in this situation because I tweeted out probably a month ago or close to something like that. I said that Lamar is going to be a Colt or a Raven. Those are the, were the only two things because you look at it and say, what owner would buck all of this and pay Lamar? It would be Ursa. But, yeah. you know, obviously the boys club is too strong and he's not going to buck the system of what they are trying to accomplish. And that's that you know, Deshaun Watson contract is an outlier, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think that that that's a good pick there, Will Levis. But like I said, I think 
from a from a real life standpoint, I think if Stroud's there, they take him. And you know, Stroud, Ohio State quarterback, Midwest quarterback, um, yeah. played played there, so it's easy to get Ohio State fans to come to. Yeah. Maybe not because it is like Cleveland and shit like that, but you know, you you can kind of get those ones that Ohio State fans that may not be strong NFL fans to be Colts fans. No, a thousand percent. The fits the fit is definitely there and. That shit does matter. Uh, I remember NFL Network used to always run um, like these top 10 lists or whatever. Um, and the shows would be like an hour and be a top 10 or whatever. And Jerry Jones, when he was still good at drafting, would talk about usually like the sixth or seventh round. It was like he would only he would only get guys who were from Dallas. Like they went to a Dallas or Oklahoma or Texas-based school. Because like I didn't have to pay as much. I literally like I don't have to fly them in from California to the Cowboys facility. They're in the backyard. They're already have a fan base that I'm increasing and growing. Um, and so that fit in the culture of being from Texas already works. And I'm like, I was like, yeah, that shit works. Oh, uh, this, I don't like the fifth pick. This should be Denver's pick, but you know, reasons. Um, <laughs> Literal reasons. Literal, literal reasons. So I don't, haven't had him off the board yet. Uh, I was really convinced Um this for a long time, I thought, and I thought all four quarterbacks went in the top five. And this to me was the Richardson fit. Now I've since changed on that because I think Gino getting the length, not just the length, but the contract terms he got. I think they legitimately feel like the next two years, like if they're going to draft his replacement, I think it's more likely it comes next year than this year. Um, but otherwise I had Richardson here for a long time. Um, this is where I think I would have uh, Tyree Wilson going is fit to Seattle. Uh, I'm also very big um, on, I think upside is it's hard with Alabama and this is kind of school stereotyping. They almost feel like they do just come out as they are, which is great. And they could play, but I do also think that if you're in the top five, you do need some of that excitement, that upside, like, Will Anderson could be a 10-sack guy. Tyree Wilson, somebody you look at, and it's like he could be one of the best pass rushers in the league. Now he has a lower yep. floor than Will Anderson. I think Will Anderson could just come. I think Will Anderson could play in the NFL for 10 years. And he could make a lot of money, could do a lot of great things. I don't think he could ever be as good upside as Tyree Wilson. So if I'm Seattle, I would take Tyree Wilson fifth pick. I had in the few picks of the mock that I could kind of gaze. This is where I had Tyree Wilson going as well, mm-hmm. five to um Seattle. Now, it's funny you mentioned the Anthony Richardson stuff because that has been getting a lot of hype over the last few days, and he right now is the betting favorite to go to Seattle at plus two twenty five. Niggas will bet on anything. I got two picks in right now. <laughs> like, like I get it, and I know there's people that like dive into this shit like way more than I do. But I'm just in my head. I'm like, damn, you niggas like bet on where like a kid's gonna get drafted. Like, you niggas need help. <laughs> and I do my own fair share of sports gambling, but I'm like, I look at myself. I'm like, damn, nigga, you need help. Two running backs to go first round is plus. <laughs> two running backs to go first round. 
Two running backs to go first round right now. I got it at plus one seventy five. I should have got it yesterday when it was plus two sixty five, but I digress. It's what you just need a one somebody else besides Robinson, basically. Yeah, right. I Jamea Gibbs is my running back one personally. So we know Bijan is going one, and I'm assuming Gibbs is going one as well. Probably um, late teens to early twenties. So it's like maybe to the Chargers, depending on what they do with Eckler. That would be a great team for him. So, agreed. And fuck the Chargers, but I agree. <laughs> um, nah, yeah. So, what you got, Richardson going to Seattle at five? Yes. Um. No. Well, I think that's where he'll end up going Thursday. But I, I had Tyree Wilson there. Um. I, I could see Seattle doing either or. I think that how this has all worked out for them due to, you know, how Russ played early in the season, though he came on a bit better later, and how they played generally throughout the season and managing that roster. Um, they have two tackles on rookie deals that are really good. They have two corners on rookie deals that are really good. So, like, you got those two out the way, so they can kind of play around either way here. Yeah. You got going six to the Lions. Six to Detroit, I have Jalen Carter going there. It's been talked that he won't get out of the top six. I think Peter Schrager tweeted that out earlier, or he talked about it on um, Good Morning Football, one of the two. And I, I think that's something there because you look at what the Lions need. Obviously, more receiving help never hurts anybody, even though they have a really good core. But Jameson Williams is going to be out six games, so you gotta kind of want to account for that. Um, you look at the tight ends. It's a really great tight end class, but at six, none of these guys are Kyle Pitts, and I love Dalton Kincaid. And then you look at the D-line, you know. They've got Aiden Hutchinson. They've got – um, what's the other guy they have? Another stud. His name is escaping me right now. But if you could get another guy on that front line to really get after quarterbacks and you look at your division and, you know, the biggest piece of that is gone – and now you have the, a mobile guy in Justin Fields who you figure is going to take leaps and bounds based on what Chicago is doing. You don't know what Minnesota is going to do, but, you know, Kirk Cousins is most likely on his way out of there. A mobile quarterback will be there soon. That's the way the league is going. Mm-hmm. So you got to you gotta accumulate pieces that can chase these guys around. So I think Jalen Carter is a really good pick right there. Uh, we both got D-linemen. Um I think this is if I think this is a match made in heaven. I think Will Anderson in this spot, opposite of Aiden Hutchinson, not just I think Hutchinson's potential is obviously better, but they're both to be the kind of team Detroit plays like, which is this very like tough, sound team. You get Anderson on one side, Hutchinson on another. To me, that feels like a perfect fit. Um yeah, it's like because even like I said, because even then, if he is just a a ten sack year guy or just a really good pass rusher, him on one side, he's immediately going to get elevated because of Hutchinson on the other side. Who Hutchinson? I'll be honest with you, I I when we did it last year, and I had heard everybody talk about him, and I'd seen some of the highlights, I just didn't get it. To me, it felt he felt like somebody like when they say he's a college football player, he's not a professional player. Like, mm-hmm. to me, that was what he looked like from the little bit I got to watch him, but I chalked it up to, okay, maybe I don't know any better. And he he proved that I didn't know any fucking better. 
He yeah. is. I I gave him the unathletic white guy label. He is way more athletic oh, no. than I thought he was. He is, <laughs> he like, is extreme. He's extremely athletic. He's a big motherfucker that moves fast, can turn on it. Like it's it was crazy. Like I watched him and I was like, damn. Like yeah, I was wrong. I could own that. I was I was wrong as fuck. And so, I think putting someone like Anderson, who like I said, who I think is going to be really solid, but gets elevated. Uh, to me, it feels a lot like like early Von Miller before he like really got it, having Elvis Dumerville on the other side was a huge fucking help. Um, right. And so I think Will Anderson's going to get that boost. I know they're both young, but Hutchins already been in the year for a league and it's just a better player. So those two together, I think it's going to be great for Detroit, especially for the way Dan Campbell looks like he wants to play. Um, Going to seven, I'll be real honest with you. I don't know what the fuck the Raiders want to do. I don't really like the Raiders <laughs> like that. I'm not even sure that I have seen enough. So the, the pick is Christian Gonzalez, and this is totally a stolen pick because I didn't know what to do, and I was told it's based between him and Witherspoon, who is the best corner in the draft. And yeah, pretty much. And so I was just like, it, it, it makes sense for a lot of reasons for positionally, He's not like a reach in terms of he's not just the fast guy. He's not just like this weird thing about him. Like he's prototypical size, prototypical speed. And you need corners in that fucking division because everybody's throwing the ball. Uh, they never got Sean Payton. It's like they should be better. You got to deal with Mahomes. You got to deal with Herbert. Like, so I'll be real. I don't got much beyond that pick or much insight beyond that, but I don't know what the fuck the Raiders should do. And I was told that was the best corner in the, or one of the two best corners in the draft. So I got them going Gonzalez. Uh, I, th- I think they're going corner either way. I think they'll go Witherspoon because I think they may see him as the best corner there for what they, they want to do. I personally think Christian Gonzalez is cornerback one in this draft. Um, but I think uh, you can't really go wrong with any of the corner prospects within that first round, at least the first, the top five. I think they're all really good. Now, the thing that you get with Gonzalez, Witherspoon, and Joey Porter Jr., who I really like, they are very handy. And when you get into the league and the NFL and the way the way it's called and the way, you know, the scale of receivers that you'll be matching up with, they're going to have their challenges when it comes to, you know, pass interference, when it comes to holding and stuff like that. But also you have to play with the idea that the refs can't throw a flag every play. So you'll get away with it. So it's just, you know, who can adjust to that quickest. But I do think they'll go corner. I think they may end up with Witherspoon, though. Yeah, no, it's a – it's kind of unfortunate because, like, not that it happens on like a mass level, especially the position like cornerback. But if if corner got the same kind of narrative attention that quarterback got, they would get the same kind of rep as like this year's quarterbacks, where it's like they're really good. Someone's gonna obviously go number one and two, but people don't look at it as like an A plus quarterback class. And like these guys, and they could both turn out great. You're coming off back to back years where Shantan and Gardner with as the first quarterback, and so that's just a tough. It's it's a very unlikely you get three straight years of that where you could argue right now. I know you won't because you got your guy in Baltimore, but you could argue Satan and Gardner are already corner one and two in the entire league and coming out in back to back drafts. That's a tough pill. That's a tough one to follow up. So, and and stop. 
Sauce wasn't even the first corner off the board, was he? Stingley was, right? Yeah, right. Because when did Sauce get picked? Was he what pick did the Jets have top, last year? He was top five, but I think he went fourth or fifth. I forget. And Stingley went third? I think Stingley was three, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's gonna look bad in the history books, but it's cool. Um <laughs> that's one of those <laughs> ones like Yeah. Uh who you got who got the Falcons going with at eight? At eight, I have Atlanta going with Bijan Robinson. Damn. Okay, okay. And my and to my reason for that is because I follow Falcons fans and he is apparently and they and they are saying is is a lot deal and he is currently the betting favorite to go to Atlanta and pretty clear betting favorite, like pretty clear. That's and it makes sense from yeah. a standpoint of when you look at the team and the personnel and the structure of it. It's essentially Titans South with yeah. with probably a worse quarterback situation for what Desmond Ritter is compared to what Ryan Tannehill is. You know, and he and and if and they are looking at him as their Derrick Henry. Um, rather he it works out that way for him and not, you know, why why wouldn't put that on him because that's that's Derrick Henry, but you look at it, they just signed John they just signed John Lee Smith. They have um Drake London and Kyle Pitts. They have a, another running back that just ran four thousand yards. And when you look at how Arthur Smith wants to run his offense, that pick makes sense for them. I'm not mad at it. Um this is this is one of those I would say in a normal situation. Uh, in terms of one of my first guys that are falling. So, like, w- Witherspoon could very well be, like, ar- you could argue he could go six to the Lions, right? I think he's only falling, and he started to fall in mine only because I think simply fit for the next two teams. Um, the Falcons have invested heavy in the second of the last couple of drafts. I don't think they want to do it again quite yet. Some of that is just admitting some potential failure or at least not um, – not even say I want to say failure, but admitting like it didn't work out exactly the way you wanted. But I do think, and the Falcons have talent on offense, and a lot of that this year is going to be like this is the year you're going to see can Ritter play. Uh, Mariota's gone, so it's like all right, Ritter, we got to see if you could play any like whether he does great or he stinks up the fucking place. You got to find out. And I think for me at least, they'd feel good enough with their current offensive pieces. So I went Miles Murphy. Uh, because Atlanta needs help on defense. It is like I they made a joke about like who could get a yard in the NFL. I feel like I could get two if I went up against Atlanta. Like I feel pretty confident that like I could push them niggas around for at least two yards in the game. So I may need help. I would like I said, I would say I don't think he's necessarily the best player to go off right here, but I think fit wise this will work. And I do think they want to be tight in south, which part of that is you got to be tough on both sides of the ball, not just um tough or aggressive on offense uh which makes unbiased ass pit but should make will happy is jalen carter i got fallen to nine to the bears uh jalen carter before obviously all the off the field shit 
multiple conversations. He could go top three, top five. Like he was, he was in the conversation for the best non-quarterback. Uh, obviously, a bunch of stuff has happened since then, but I think him falling down to the Bears. I think Chicago makes this pick immediately. I don't think they waste any time. They go get it. So I understand they're going to want to add more offensive pieces because of Justin Fields, but this is just too good of a talent, in my opinion, to pass up if you get him at this point in the draft. So Jalen Carter to Chicago at nine. I agree. I agree with that. I had him. Um, you had him going even earlier than I did. I was like, Damn. yeah, I had him going six. I had him going six to Detroit. Um, I think I have the Bears there. I think they'll go tackle because I think he will be off the board. I think if he is on the board, which is possible, I think he's deaf. They're running that pick up there. But um, I think they go tackle. And I think it's Paris Johnson Jr. just because of the Ohio State connection. He protected uh, Justin Fields already, so Justin Fields would be more comfortable with that. So, But um, Peter, Peter Skaronski isn't a bad pick if they go tackle there too. You got Eagles at 10. At 10? What the fuck do these guys need? Like, <laughs> it's, tough. it's tough. Like, I had, I'll, I'll say it when it comes back to me, but like, I had a pick that I was real confident on. And then, like, the rumors the last day made me kind of like, I'm, I want to say it, but I'm nervous. Like, it's going to change and ain't going to mean shit anyway. So, but these niggas are stacked. Very much so. Um, you look at that team and, you know, what don't they have essentially? Um, you know, everybody everybody can always use DB depth, of course. I don't really see them going secondary here. I think they probably feel they could get that later on. Um, it's it's tough for this Eagles thing because, you know, Bijan has been a, a pick in a lot of mocks for them. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he'll be gone at that point. So here they can kind of play around with their – their D line, you know, they can always add some pieces there because you are, you you look at who you got to beat. You know, you got to beat the Cowboys, you got to beat the Giants, you got to beat um Washington, who they're all better than, but you know, you still got to beat who you got to beat. So I would say, at ten, the Eagles go. Fuck it, the Eagles go Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. I mean, you playing with house money. You just you were in the Super Bowl. You got a top ten pick. Like, there's not. I had I had Robinson here probably the last two to three weeks. Um, now I'm like torn on this. Part of me is like I should stick with my pick, which is say Robinson goes ten. But in the last forty eight hours, there's just been a lot of conversation about oh, Derrick Henry's about to end up there. Obviously, if you get Derrick Henry, I don't think you draft another running back, especially when you still have Sanders under contract. Um, so I don't think Robinson would be the pick even those who I've had there for a while. So I would say this is for how my mock is currently shaping up. If I'm the Eagles who, yes, their secondary doesn't really need that much help. I understand they just lost Gardner Johnson. Um, but you still have really good corner. You still have a good safety. I think Witherspoon's a great pick here. Whether you play him as your free safety slot corner you know Darius Slay is not there long term, even though they were able to restructure. You know that's not a a Darius Slay is just older, and that's clearly financially not going to be a long term thing as they start making other roster moves. Um, 
Shout out to them also for like the way that Jalen Hurts contract is brilliant. That shit is fucking brilliant. If you look at the cap hits they're taking for him are so fucking minimal across the other top 10 quarterbacks. Like they're paying a lot of money up front and that's cool. Like all these niggas are, they owned by billionaires. So they got the money, but the way they structured that was fucking brilliant. Um, I still don't think Slay is there obviously long-term age, his own contract situation. So if you get somebody like Weatherspoon who gets to learn there for a year and a secondary, that's already really strong. Uh, just like I said, a super value pick. You're not, the Eagles aren't drafting for need, even with a couple of free agent departures. Hell, they could have to back up center while they give a fuck. Jason Kelsey last <laughs> year. Like they're just, it's, it's as loaded a team, not named San Francisco. Yeah. Um, which also just shows you like the Chiefs were not supposed to win a Super Bowl this year, but Mahomes is just different. Uh the Titans at eleven. Um, you said his name perfectly. I'm gonna butcher the shit out of it. Uh, but the ota- the offensive tackle from Northwestern, Peter Skoronsky. Yeah. Yeah. Um they just let go of old boy who does the podcast now. So they need replacements on the offensive line. And even if Tennessee loses Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel has clearly established how he wants his teams to look. And I don't – is yes, you're losing a name and a talent like Derrick Henry, but it's going to be a rotating door in terms of they're going to have really a really big offensive line, physical team. They're going to run the ball a lot. It's going to be a low turnover, smart playing football team. And as you get certain guys who walk out the door – you simply replace them. This is going to be a, almost a perfect, seamless replacement fit. Um, yeah. So help up, help with the old line. Get you a get you Skaronsky from Northwestern. Shout out to Mike Wilbon. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Wilbon. Shout out to Green. Fact, facts. Holding it down. Tw- the legends of ESPN. Twelve, at twelve, we have um, Houston on the clock again. Due to the trade of you know who, so you know they go Will Levis at two, more in your case Stroud quarterback either way. So you figure what what do they need? You know they need defensive help. Just hired um, why is his name escaping me? Coach or yeah. coordinator? Yeah, the head coach. Uh, uh, D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico Ryan's. Yes, D'Amico Ryan's. So D'Amico Ryan's is back in Houston as head coach now. And and looking at the board here, the, you, you're going defense for sure. And you say, well, what do we need? It's two, it's two picks here still on the board that I think fits for them. Nolan Smith, um, edge rusher from Georgia, makes sense. But I think if you have a chance to get a Christian Gonzalez in this spot, who – oh, no. You took Gonzalez, right? Yeah. And you took him for the Raiders. So, yeah. I'll go Devin Witherspoon here. You take Devin Witherspoon here, and you put him with Derek Stingley. You have a really good young corner tandem for the next however long you want it to be, however mm-hmm. long they're productive for. Devin Witherspoon, a bit of a different corner from Derek Stingley. He is he's a hitter. He will be able to put a hat on you. You can also play play well in press, play off. So I think that that's the pick there. I would love to see I, – I, I'm very skeptical of it happening, but I would love to see the Texans take a blueprint out of the Bengals playbook, which is why I think if they could, if they could pull off Stroud and Jackson Smith at 2-12, and 12, I think there is a lot of potential there. 
Um, don't think it happens, but I I am interested to see if somebody else starts to because the NFL all these niggas copy each other because nobody's original. And yeah. I am just curious if somebody's going to start taking those chances on like, yeah, what if we do just start? If you feel that confident about a college quarterback that you're going to take in the top three or top one or whatever the case is pairing him with his guys and not like pairing him with his guys. Like a a lot of teams will draft like in the sixth round and be like, yeah, this was his backup tight end the last two years. Like he ain't throw the ball to that nigga in fucking college. What the fuck is he going to do in the NFL? If I'm Justin Fields, I'm, I'm telling them, Hey, I know what we have to do at nine, but do whatever you got to do to trade back up and give me my guy because, you know, he he quarterback for um, Jackson Smith and Jigwood too. And if I'm him, I want to get these pieces around you. Look at Philly set such a blueprint for teams to follow. And in the way when you have these quarterbacks on controllable contracts and you have – you can maneuver your team in a way that 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 gives you a chance to win a championship or at least grow to that point. You gotta take it. You got oh. you trade for DJ Moore. Amazing. You got DJ Moore. So go get another guy. No, there's a so there's a lot of picks, and I think this is a. It, it's not so much that. I feel like a lot of people talk when they talk about the drafts, like, oh, well, the more talented is, uh, like the harder, right? Even if they're comparable talent levels, right? Like, if you don't think there's a quote unquote Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence in this draft, the fact all of these guys take away the fact quarterback position always get more leeway in terms of how high you'll take them. That's what makes a lot of this shit so hard is there's a lot, there's like two or three players that fit for a lot of these top 10 to 12 teams. And part of that's a talent thing. Like, besides the Eagles, there's a reason these teams are in the top 10 to top 12. And then you get teams like the Eagles where it's like, okay, they're so stacked. They're basically just taking a pick on value. I agree with you. I think Jalen Carter, like in mine at least, he was just the most talented player overall. So it makes sense. But if you're Chicago and you will get another weapon for Justin Fields and you fully invest into what he's doing, which I'm of the mindset, I understand the historical running season he just had, Justin Fields could throw the football. And so I think his running was a product of just they were deficient at talent for skill position players. So if they get a Jackson Smith or they want to improve on the offensive line, like to me, those are both va- just as valid picks as getting a Jalen Carter or whoever they're thinking of at nine. Um, hell, I'd get Robinson. And uh, I forget who's the running back for Chicago. Um, he just had a good season, but I can't ever remember his name. Um, well, Montgomery's not there anymore. Oh, he is gone? Yeah. Okay, see, like, that's the thing. Like, even Robinson would be, like, a great fit. The same way, like, it would be terrifying, like, her, if if the Derrick Henry news is true, it's like, Hurts and Henry's terrifying. So would Justin Fields and uh, Bijan Robinson. And so there's a lot of – a lot of these picks early on feel very flexible in terms of the way teams could go. Um, Except the Jets, who I don't care what Mekhi Beckton posts on Instagram. Go get a tackle. You – especially after today – Oh, I'm sorry. This pick is technically – pause. I got to switch this, but this will still work for my draft. Technically, this is no longer the Jets' pick at 13. This is now the Packers' pick. Yep. Um, I still would have the Jets picking a tackle. But if if I am Green Bay, I get – and this is where I think I'm – this is another one I was torn. Um, I neither eh, – so I reached 
for this pick. And I, like I said, I changed this pretty last second because the trade just got confirmed today. I think the better player is Michael Meyer, the tight end from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But I think for Green Bay, I think if I was gonna if I was gonna reach, I think I would reach for Jordan Addison, specifically because I, outside of a handful of exceptions, and I know like we've seen dominant great tight ends. I just don't think guys wake up under Travis Kelsey or Gronk where they could be like a number one option on a team. So if yeah. I've got Jordan Love. I would think I would rather take the risk and reach on someone like Jordan Addison because I don't. I don't. There's there's a lot of offensive linemen that I think are going to go in this 13 to 17 sl- uh, spot in the draft. But Green Bay is not really in a position where they need offensive linemen. They need skill players. Um, I understand they have young receivers there as well, but I also I I would rather increase my actual receiving room versus getting who's potential what is in my opinion the best tight end and that's only because i think there's only a handful of tight ends that can really be a number one option um and you got a young quarterback so i would reach for jordan addison and i do think that's a reach because otherwise i don't think he would go this high and this was a literal today change because of the aaron Rodgers trade to the jets and looking at and looking at this here and based on everything you said it's funny enough I have Dalton Kincaid going to that spot, who is my tight end one in this draft. Mm-hmm. I think I think with Dalton Kincaid, you put him with you put Dalton Kincaid with um, Christian Watson and Romeo Dodds in their second year, and what they can do. I think he gives them flexibility to not only have a third receiver, but obviously he helps out the tight end spot. That is, um, you lost, you lost, um, what's his name? Tunyon? But to, yeah, you lost, yeah. you lost Rob Tunyon. You lost Rob Tunyon to the Bears this offseason. So not only does that replace the lack in tight end that you have, but it also helps you out receiver wise because Dalton Kincaid has wide receiver skills. He's not the biggest guy, but he is, he is quick. He has great hands and I, I watched him run up and down on USC multiple times this season. So I've seen it firsthand how good he is, and I think that that's a really good pick for Green Bay. And it also helps out Jordan Love. You want to make this transition as easy as possible for him. And I think just giving him people that are reliable, hands that will catch the ball for him, I think that's very helpful. Yeah, no, um, I have completely contradictory logic to everything I said about the Packers for 14. Um, and I do have the Patriots selecting a tight end. Uh, I think it's <laughs> organizationally though, is my only difference here. Whereas like the Packers have always had, I feel like the Packers have always had like a good tight end, but a lot of that isn't based on their quarterbacks. Like there's notable tight ends in Packers history, Mercedes Lewis. Um, uh, what was my man's name with that played or Rogers early in his career? Um, it was when they had Jennings, Driver, uh, what was his name? Fuck. Can't think about um, it. Uh, Jermichael Finley, right? Jermichael yeah. Finley, yep. Yeah, Jermichael Finley. Like, so they've had, and Tunyon even had, like, a Pro Bowl season, I think, two years ago. He, he had, like, 10, 11 touchdowns. So they've always had, like, a good tight end, but it almost feels like that was a product of the, the guy playing quarterback. Um, whereas New England, um, 
it didn't work out the way they wanted to when they spent all that money on tight ends and free agency a couple years ago. Uh, right. But they've obviously had a run the last 15 years of having some great tight end play, some who we can't talk about no more. But Michael Meyer <laughs> would be – or Michael Mayer – oh, my, Michael Meyer. <laughs> Michael Mayer would be, I think, a great fit here. And I think that's kind of an organization call, especially because Jordan Love – while he hasn't necessarily show, had the chance to show out, show out yet, and the one game against the Chiefs wasn't the most flattering thing, Mac Jones can't throw the ball far. And so the Patriots, yeah, you would want speed to help separate and, you know, start, you know, help with your passing game. Mac Jones just don't throw the ball that far. And so that's organizationally and knowing who your quarterback is, getting a tight end. Um, and I don't think there's a big difference here between tight end one and two. I think it's it, it's just going to go on preference more or less. Yeah. But I think they're extremely close. Um that'd be my pick for them at 14. Okay. And then watch Belichick draft a kicker and just say fuck whatever I was talking about. <laughs> or trade it completely. That's um that would be three third round picks in a minute. At 15 for the Jets, I I have them going online. I think that we mocked um we mocked Jalen Carter. We mocked Jalen Carter to um I know, I put him in the trail. Who did you have at nine to the Bears? I had Jalen Carter at nine to the Bears. Okay, okay. So you had yeah. So I'm going Paris Johnson here to the Jets. I think the Jets got to go O line no matter who it is. Paris yeah. Johnson, um, Pierre Skoronsky, whoever's at that point, they have to get someone to help protect. You know who who's coming into town. Obviously, um, this could also be a spot for them to maybe try to add weapons on the perimeter. Uh, something like that, maybe, maybe go defense, possibly look to look to always add there, especially when you have Bob Salah as head coach. But I think tackle is the pick there, and I'll go Paris Johnson. Yeah. Um, Joey Porter Jr. I hate all these juniors that are into the league. Like y'all niggas just make me feel old. Um, I think the Washington's a great fit. I think Washington is another team where like. You could tell, like, Washington, if you watch them play, like, jokes aside, you can tell they know what they're trying to do. They do just lack talent at certain levels, at certain positions. And, but, like, even when you see, like, that game against the Eagles, it's – and nobody was – that still was the only game. Like, even Kansas City won the Super Bowl. Nobody manhandled Philly like they did in that Monday night game. Like, they and know what they're – Chase Young does not help. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like – you know they got talent on the, the D-line is the one spot they've got obvious talent there. They know what they're doing. They come off as well coached. They just need more talent. And I think Joey Porter, I think this is a talent pick. I think a positional pick. Uh, and it goes with your coach. Like, Ron Rivera is a I, – I think it's unfortunate. I think if they don't do well again this year or don't make the playoffs, I think he will get fired. But he knows what he's doing as a head coach. Billionaires are just impatient as hell. Uh, but that's the business. He gets paid millions of dollars for that, so I'm not going to feel too bad for him. But heavens, yeah. And so it's, but you know, but I think they know what they're trying to do. They're very well coached, and I think Joey Porter Jr. is going. I think that is a great pick for them in the middle of the first round. And looking at the Steelers at 17, I have them going down now, right? I think that. They are going – I think they're going offensive line as well um, when it comes to round one. is either that or corner. 
I don't think that they take Joey Porter Jr. I think he would be a really good pick for them to take at that point, assuming Gonzalez and Witherspoon are gone. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Deontay Banks is going above Joey Porter Jr. I think he's probably more in the the um the mid to late twenties. But um Darnell Wright from Tennessee, really good tackle. Can probably will start right right side. I think over time maybe could develop into a left. But I think that when you have Kenny Pickett, you have um Najee Harris and just a lot of a young team in Pittsburgh and you're trying to, you know, get back to the playoffs, trying to establish an identity there. Having someone to protect those assets always helps. The Steelers have a, a, a high potential team. Like it's weird for the Steelers because that's like that's not on brand for them and what they do. Uh, but you got to give it up to Mike Tomlin as like a clear top five head coach in the league. And there's I, they they strike me right now as a team like like Tomlin doesn't go under five hundred, but they feel like they could be like a real boomer bust. Like they could just break out and get 12, 13 wins. If a lot of these picks the last couple of years do hit. Um, and then I could also see them getting like four wins. And a lot of that is mm-hmm. just quarterback. Um, for the lions, I think this is another, I hope the lions. And I said, I've been doing some adjustments last 48 hours with news. I'm hoping with the suspension, they don't reach and get a receiver. Um, but I do think if somebody was going to, I think Quentin Johnson has a chance here and that kind of all depends. I don't think they will six games. You still, he's, he's rather suspended or not. He's not even the best wide receiver on the team. So I don't think they'll reach. I think they will be patient with it. And then, you know, you look at day two and three, there's still a lot of depth there. No, that's, and that's what I'm hoping. I think that there's enough of an identity there and what Dan Kim wants to do, uh, I think we go D line again. Uh, like I said, I'm just the way Detroit, just that tough guy feel. Um, so Kalijah Cansey, if I'm saying that correctly, the D tackle from Pitt. Uh, oh, okay. I think this is now. I think there's a gap. Obviously, like Jalen Carter potentially was talking about going like top two, top three. This is probably the second best defensive tackle, arguably, and he wasn't talking about going top ten. But I think this is a really good pick. Once again, you put him. I got Will Anderson, and I got Aiden Hutchinson. I feel real good about what is now a much weaker NFC North quarterback-wise. Like, not even trying to shit on Jordan Love before he really gets a chance, but Jordan Love's not Aaron Rodgers. Ain't nobody scared of Kirk Cousins. I don't care how many 4,000-yard seasons he puts up. And (laughs) if you want, for technical purposes, you've got to be super technically fucking sound, or Justin Fields will take off on your ass for 100 yards. And so... For that division, tough guy, plays with really good technique, is going to have two other really good players to feed off of. They could all get 10 sacks just off the fact of you got to double team somebody at some point and you start to build one of those a San Francisco-Philadelphia-esque defensive line. The LA coach might come out and fucking. We are at Tampa Bay at 19. And then obviously – the big thing there is quarterback. You look at who is you look at who is um who is gone from Tampa. That's that's very evident after the last few years. So I was looking at at everything here, but then I'm looking at who we have left on our personal board, 
someone that, that most likely be gone by this point on Thursday. But in looking here, I don't if if things shake out in a weird way and he ends up falling, I don't see Anthony Richardson not being the pick in nineteen in Tampa Bay. Agreed. I a, a thousand percent agree. I think this will be now I do think this is if Tampa Bay is smart at all, I do think if you're Tampa Bay and I think one quarterback falls, and I unfortunately think Richardson is the one most likely to fall. But whoever falls, I think Tampa Bay should be super fucking aggressive to either try to trade up and get in like that 11 to 15 range. I didn't want to project this trade because it's a little you're, you're fucking around with the draft too much. But if I'm Tampa, this is this you got to do it because you can't go. Uh, you can't start your season with Kyle Trask. Like there just needs to be like a limit on like certain guys you can't tell your fan base buy season tickets and be like come watch Kyle Trask you just can't. So can't I think it. yeah like I think Tampa like I said I think Tampa should be ultra fucking aggressive the second because like I said I think one quarterback falls out of the top ten and it's most likely Richardson Levis I think Stroud and Young pretty much have one and two held down but whichever that fourth quarterback that's potentially falls out of the top 10. If I'm Tampa, I start making call. Hell, I probably start making calls with the Eagles and get like right and, at, in right at 10. And it's so crazy that you say that because the way the way it may actually shake up is that the safest two quarterbacks to go in that top 4 of the 5 range or rather top 4 range I say are Levis and Young. Yeah, it's like like yeah, no, I said like I'm I'm really high on Stroud, so like I just can't I can't convince myself he falls out of the top five. But Same. somebody somebody's going to do it because somebody if like Young's pretty much declared he's going one. Um it really all depends on Houston and who the fuck really knows what Houston's thinking. Um we know they need a quarterback, but there's a lot like there's smart insiders who are like Houston is just as likely to just grab one of like the high end defensive players and say, we'll probably suck again next year because the guy we started this out with Caleb Williams, someone's going to fuck up for Caleb Williams. Someone is going to intentionally fuck up their season for him. Someone's going to sell their soul for Caleb Williams. That's exactly. And it's either going to be in the draft. So one of these teams is going to flat out just, and not, and it's no disrespect to the defensive players who deserve to go as high as they do. Someone's going to take one of the defensive players, especially somebody like Will Anderson, who's like, essentially, he is a ready-to-go player. And they're going to say, fuck it. We'll run Davis Mills back. We'll run whoever the fuck Indy's got back. And we'll just suck it up for Caleb Williams. Because the only other chance he's going to be available, and it's going to be real nasty, gets about week four, week five, and someone's going to be 0-4, 0-5, and they're going to start trading everybody. Like, somebody's going to clean house to get Caleb Williams. And so I think Tampa, who's probably not bad enough, even with Brady being gone and potentially losing, uh, I think it's Devin Smith just wanted to ask for a trade. Um, even potentially losing that, I don't think is bad enough to get a top two, top three pick, even with Kyle Trask starting quarterback. So I think they need to be aggressive to get into this top 10 to get whoever the fourth quarterback to fall is. So. But that would take, like I said, that would take a lot more than just doing a mock draft. You'd have to go in and change up everything, and I'm not doing all that. I feel um, like 
right? 20 is Seattle. Yeah. Yep. Seattle at 20. The Seattle is this is another one of those picks that it's like it's tough because it all it obviously all does depend on what they do at five. Um if they do decide to take Anthony Richardson, then I'd imagine they almost automatically go defense here. Um they did just get Bobby Wagner back. Um I I have like this is almost zero confidence in this pick. If I'm Seattle, I'm drafting for a talent because I feel good enough on what I did last year, and I'm I feel like Seattle is a product of coaching. Uh, no disrespect to Geno Smith, but I think there's a reason why like you had your best season with Pete Carroll, and credit to both of them for working so well together. So to me, I'm going a value pick, um, Lucas Van Ness. If I'm getting that correctly, uh, from Iowa, yeah. I th- I think this is a I think this is very much a safe pick, but it also feels like a Pete Carroll pick. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to bring in talent. He's going to bring in guys that can be coached. He's going to bring in guys that are going to want to play his way. And I think Seattle is a coaching story above all else. And so if they can just get, they're going to want talent. They're going to want picks. Um, now, obviously, like I said this all goes out the fucking window. If Anthony Richardson is their pick at five. Um, then I would probably imagine them taking one of the receivers who I just jumped way up in the draft because I think Green Bay's Green Bay sucks at drafting. So that's my opinion on them. <laughs> so yeah, that's my that's Matt twenty. Okay. And at twenty one, we have the Chargers because the Dolphins forfeited a pick because they're the Dolphins and they do shit like that. <laughs> so. Hey, I, I dead ass forgot that. I was trip. I was tripping out. I was like, "Why the fuck? Only thirty one picks in the first round." <laughs> I was looking at this. I'm like, "Wait a minute. Where the fuck this go?" Hey man, when you're trying to trying to get Tom Brady and you you're tampering and you're doing a bunch of other shit, you ain't got no business. It's a wild, wild time. Hey man, look. That's how. That's so, how it sometimes. So with the Chargers at twenty one, um, obviously receiver. They could go here, linebacker help, cornerback help. You have a lot of different things that the Chargers could go to. I think that with you have Herbert and you need weapons, and like I said, this I think this is a very good depth wide receiver class. I don't know if it's like great from a standpoint of top talent guys because you know a lot of guys have their faults, but mm-hmm. I think that you can get a lot of good valued receivers day two. So I don't see them going receiver here round one. Linebacker, depends on how you value it. At 21 is good value, but do they see a linebacker at 21 as worth the pick? I don't know. I don't think they do. Cornerback, you know, you can go Deontay Banks here. You had the top three off the board in Porter, Witherspoon, Gonzalez. I don't think Deontay Banks is the pick. I could be wrong. It's possible. But I think, like we mentioned before we started recording, I think Jameer Gibbs is the pick here, especially with what's going on with Austin Eckler. I don't think he'll be on the team. I think they'll end up either cutting Eckler or trading him um, before camp starts. And I think getting Gibbs to go with Herbert, the what he brings you, he essentially gives you what Eckler gives you, probably a, a bit better in the long term. And 
definitely, a, I, I, I would say talent-wise, he has more than Eckler. So getting that pick here to go with Herbert, you still got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, Keenan Allen's obviously aging, but still very productive when he's on the field. I was going to say, I'm going to let you do number 22, but I was I was going to insert him like, this nigga trying to get bets to go through. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'll do 22 as well. Sure, I can do it because I've been thinking about this. I think that – I think corner is the pick that they'll end up going with, the Ravens, for everybody listening. I think the Ravens are going corner at 22. I think based on who's on the board, that's the corner that's going to go. I think that they're comfortable with – all of these guys, I think it's going to be Deontay Banks from Maryland or Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi. I like both guys. Um, Forbes would be really fun because he's a ball hawking corner. I do think Marcus Peters is going to be re-signed probably later in the summer. I don't think there's really a need for that to be done now. I think he's taking his time and they're taking their time, but I do think he'll be re-signed probably till one year. I was about and, to ask: Is he still is he still under contract for this year? I know how free. No, he's a, yeah, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. But um, okay. you you take Forbes or or Deontay Banks for for the sake of our draft, I'll say Deontay Banks is because he's a Maryland guy, and I think he he fits the defense that they they run that Mike McDonald wants to run. So that would be the pick there. Uh, I think I agree with you on like this. Um. So I think the Ravens and the Vikings, I think their picks could be interchangeable. Um, I think they both want a corner. Minnesota needs help defensively. Like it's insane. Like you can't have you can't be just wasting Justin Jefferson having fucking two thousand yards and this is the shit you give him on defense. So I think both Banks and Branch, uh the corner from Alabama, I think I think either Minnesota is just waiting to see who's left on the board and they're just taking the top corner. So for this instance, um, I think Branch would be the pick here. Um, so it's weird because he didn't, I understand Alabama, he didn't play tech. He didn't play corner all the time, but, and I'm going off of, this is a slightly stolen pick. Like I said, I've got two corners going back to back, but it really all just depends on who's left. Uh, this is the quote from uh, Joe Klatt. He said he gave him one of his favorite players in the draft. Uh, tough hybrid style player. Uh, fits Minnesota who needs secondary help at all levels. So it's like you could put him at safety. You could put him at corner. You just need to get talented guys on the field. And Minnesota desperately needs that. Um, I don't know if Harrison Smith is still under contract. Uh, the name Harrison Smith sounds really cool. Harrison Smith has played like dog shit the last couple of years. So I get it. He started his he started his career and he was top five safety, top three safety. Like he was great. He's probably still, I don't know about Hall of Fame, but he's like he's he's been a great player most of his career. He is now mostly a name. I don't know if he's still under contract for this season. Vikings fans, hit me up or don't. Um, but I think this is I think the versatility here to the Vikings, I think, helped because of whether he's a long-term safety or a long-term corner, you're getting a long-term player either way. So you got the Giants. Thanks to the Giants, and right? 25? Yeah. 24. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Oh, I'm skipping niggas. Oh, right, yeah, 24. My bad. At 24 for Jacksonville, that could go a lot of different ways. I'm going to go edge. I'm going to go back to Georgia. 
And I'm going to go Nolan Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got. You need defense. Jacksonville got. Jacksonville's got a. As as long as Lawrence continues to be who he's been, they have. They got a really scary offense the next four to five years. Like, because it's just if Lawrence turns out to be great, he has above average like three or four different above average skill players. Like, right. I really like Evan Ingram. Um, speaking of above average skill players, the Giants have none. So besides Saquon Barkley, who they just decided to fuck <laughs> with and not give a contract because good business. There's a lot of picks here. I think um so to me, I know you had Kincaid going up higher. I think Kincaid, if he does fall here, I think this is a perfect fit for them because Daniel Jones has a similar he doesn't throw the ball very far down the field problem. Um but since he's already been taken for ours, uh, I'm going to go Hyatt, the receiver from Tennessee. The Giants need somebody. Like, I don't really – I don't – nobody besides diehard Giants fans, I don't even know if they are, is that high on Daniel Jones as a pure passer. And that's fine. But if you commit the kind of money you commit, or you even just before that, before the contract, if you committed draft capital, and I think we said the same shit about the Giants last year. If you're going to commit top five, top ten draft capital on a quarterback – you can't just leave him out to dry. Whether we think Daniel Jones is good, average, whatever, like you got to give him some kind of a chance. And I think this is a good start, um, especially because until he proves it, you're not really going to get a whole lot of free agent receivers to come in and want to play for him because you'd A, have to overpay, and B, they know the numbers are going to be half of what they could be. Like DeAndre Hopkins is out there for everybody, and he's not even looking kind of at the Giants. So you need to get him somebody. Hyatt is a good start. Um, like I said, I think he would benefit the most out of one of those two tight ends falling to him just because you then yeah. get more of the flexibility of the more intermediate stuff as well. And I think Saquon will be back despite, I think it's stupid what they're doing currently. And so obviously getting a tight end who can block in the run game would be helpful, but just get Daniel Jones anyone. Like they got 15 touchdowns in 2023, 2022. Like, like busts get 15 touchdowns. James Winston had 30, and he threw 30 picks. James Winston did have 30 picks and 30 touchdowns. That's that one happens. of those. That's, That's the thing. If you didn't live through that, like, if you didn't live and, like, see that shit in real time, and, like, you just went back to the NFL record books and saw that shit, you would be freaking the fuck out. You'd be like, how the – who let this happen? To go with 4,000 yards. And then did that same team won the Super Bowl two years later. Like, that was the next season. That was yeah, the next season. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, the next season. This nigga put up 30-30. I think they got seven wins. And then they went to the Super Bowl the next year. And it's like Wild. Wild. That's you get if you wasn't there. Wild you just, nigga, man. Yeah. <laughs> Wild nigga. We got we Cowboys. got Dallas at twenty six. We got Dallas at twenty six. I think that Dallas goes Emmanuel Forbes here from Mississippi. Um, if if Jameer Gibbs ends up falling, I, well, I wouldn't say falling because you know whatever. But if he if he's still there at twenty six, I think Dallas takes him. I I like that combo with him and um and and Tony Pollard. But mm-hmm. and then he helps to replace Zeke, obviously. But I think that they go corner here to to give Trayvon Diggs 
some help, who played really good last year, to his credit. Um, and that gives them two ball hawking corners, two guys that can take the ball away. And you when you have to play Devontae Smith, when you have to play AJ Brown and that Eagles roster, um, you assume that John's gonna bring in some weapons for Daniel Jones. You have Ty McLaurin over there in Washington and 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 those young guys. You have to have and just the NFC in general, you know, you have Justin Jefferson in the NFC. You have a lot of young, talented receivers in the NFC. If you're Dallas and you know that your clock is ticking to where you have a really good roster who can compete for a championship, it has to be done on both sides of the ball. You can't just score 30 every game and give up points on the other end. Your defense can't just be – hopefully Mike gets there. Literally. Uh, the Bills, you need to do this for the entire NFL. Y'all need to draft Zay Flowers. I don't care if you think Zay Flowers is like the great greatest pick for Buffalo. You can't let Zay Flowers get to Kansas City. This is my public service announcement. You cannot, you cannot, <laughs> at some point, you gotta be, you gotta have hate in your veins and just be like, nah, this nigga can't go there. Like, and there's there's other positions that the Bills and the Bills are still for at least one more year gonna be one of the more talented teams in the league. Now they have a lot more guys who have up, up, upcoming free agency on top of they just lost Edmonds. So theoretically, this isn't the greatest pick for them, but it works yeah. for one more year while you still have super high end, like you still have if he comes back from injury, you know, one more great year out of Vaughn. You still got uh Trey White, you still got Josh Allen. The the dig situation is gonna play itself out, however it does. I don't know. Um he might come and play. He's he might just throw more tamper tantrums on Twitter. I don't know, but you need if he if Diggs does leave, let that be the first position you replace because you cannot and I repeat cannot let Zay Flowers get to Kansas City. I think that <laughs> I appreciate the fact that Zay Flowers was the was the one that Kansas City can't get to because. I think Zay Flowers is, is a really good wide receiver. I don't know where I have him. I have Smith and Jigba as number one. I think he's not wide receiver one in this draft. I don't know who I have two behind him. Obviously, Jordan Addison went to USC, so I'm biased there. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, yeah, you know. Zay no, Flowers you can't let Buffalo any of these leaders get to Kansas City. I just don't they, think – I think uh, some of them will go and won't have to worry about it. But, Buffalo, you need to sit there with hate in your veins and just be like, all right, whichever one – there's like five receivers, I think, that pretty much have consistent first-round grades, and you just take whoever's number five. You do not let any of them get to Kansas City. So, then they just got second-round grades, they're going to be first-rounders. They got third-round grades, they're going to be second-round. Like, you just cannot let certain guys get to Kansas City. Zay Flowers the Buffalo would – help them out in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Um, Especially if you do lose dicks, which is a legitimate concern. And going to 28 Cincinnati, I have, for the sake of our draft at least, I have them taking Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. I think that solves a lot for them. Specifically, it helps them in the in the immediate future as they probably are going to lose T. Higgins. I don't think they'll be able to pay T. Higgins and Chase and give Barrow the money. That's just not how the Bengals generally operate. So Michael Mayer helps to solve the receiving loss that they'll have coming up. It also helps them in the present having him, Boyd, Higgins, Chase, giving Barrow more weapons and 
this is a team that can obviously go secondary. They need secondary help. They lost both star safeties. They have problems at corner. But with the way our board has shaped and those guys being gone, I think Michael Mayer is the pick here. So, uh, the Saints, I and I didn't know this until about three days ago because Tyron Matthew went on this big Twitter rant. I thought the Saints needed a corner because in my eyes, just watching the games that uh, I've actually got a home a big Saints fan, so I saw probably three or four times they played this year. Shout out to him. He showed me the website where you can legally stream games for free. Um, <laughs> so I assumed they wasn't like that great of a pass defense. And then Tyron Matthew went on this whole shit about how they was top five all year and only fell off once him and uh, somebody else got hurt. So I was like, all right, maybe you niggas don't need a corner. Cause I had corner for a while for them. Uh, then kind of at the last minute, uh, I got Brian Breeze from Clemson. Yes. You still have Matthew. Yes. You still have Lattimore. And while you could argue getting another corner because those guys a, are just older now, um, Matthew's in his thirties. I think Lattimore's 29 now about to hit 30 and corners a position where you do just drop off at like, once it's gone, it's gone. Cause once you're no longer, if you, even if you're a technique guy, eventually just the young the younger guys are just too athletic for you to handle. And if you're an athletic corner, it's the same thing. And you don't you never had technique. And so once it's gone, boom. But I think at least they can compensate for that. Uh obviously still have Cam Jordan up front. Um in his you want to see contract hell. The Saints have like the Saints still pay for Drew Brees. Um the way they push shit Boy, back. Huh? <laughs> the Saints have it's it's a really neat there's a I can't remember the name of the video now but it basically explains the way there's some cap exemption where like you could push niggas contracts out like five six years after their last playing year so like they still ban Drew Brees Camp Jordan is like even though he's he could leave the team next he could leave the team this next offseason there's only one more year on his actual deal like they got 20 Bobby Bonillas on the team it's nuts um I don't know if it's brilliant general managing because he was able to keep they basically did it for the last part of Drew Brees' career, which I get. You want to get as much <laughs> as you can out of Drew Brees. But after Brees is gone, it's like, all right, somebody got to just, just pay up and suck for a couple of years. Like, it ain't worth paying Cam Jordan until fucking 2037. These um, motherfuckers is robbing Peter to pay Jamal. <laughs> that's facts. Oh, so, but Brees, I think, is still a good fit here. This is a, it's not a super in-depth pick, but it's just more of a, you get talent. Uh, you're going to have to start replacing some of these guys because it is an older roster. Um, and who the hell knows what they're going to be doing. They, and that, Saints got Dennis Allen as the head coach. They ain't doing shit this year anyway. They didn't fire Dennis Allen, did they? Nope. <laughs> um, going to the Eagles at 30 here, pretty simple for me. Had him take Jackson Smith and Jigba at 10 to add to those receiving weapons. Go to the defensive side for this um pick in the at the end of the first. Going Miles Murphy from Clemson, I think that's the best edge available at this point in the draft as far as our board goes. I think it could shape up that way on Thursday as well. Helps to give them another piece. They I think they lost some a few pieces on the, the I know they lost a few pieces on the defensive side after the Super Bowl. Um and helps them to get a young talent. Um, especially, you know, Fletcher Cox, the older guy, and just having a few a few older guys in that D line helps to get um get some youth in there. Miles Murphy, 
Miles Murphy is super talented, rush the passer, good in pass rush. Only going to get better, obviously. So I would like that pick for the Eagles at 30. At 31 with hate in my heart, the Chiefs forfeit they pick. Um, <laughs> for no reason. No just reason. Forfeit. <laughs> just forfeit. Just say, no, nah, we don't want this shit. <laughs> We're trying to get some cap space. Oh. I'm trying to go through and double check here. Do we take Darnell Washington off the board? We have not. Okay, so Washington, I think, is – and I do, and this is another situation where, depending on how some of these teams do view tight ends, uh, which I do think is kind of an organizational thing, as weird as it sounds, some organizations just don't give a fuck about the tight ends because there's been so many that have been late-round picks that succeed, but they don't care too much or they don't invest very highly in them. Um Denver did this for 20 years. They just they just knew Shannon Sharp was number two was coming in the sixth round. Um, I think if you get Darnell Washington, though, uh, somebody who can play alongside Travis Kelsey as well as learn from Travis Kelsey and the tight end that actually blocks, unlike Travis Kelsey. Um, and the Chiefs are this. This is when you try to make mocks for like teams like the Chiefs, like. Thank God the Niners don't have a fucking pick in this draft, uh, first round at least. The Eagles, it's like whatever you're doing, there's not like this immediacy need or this immediate thing that stands out like, oh, they need this. Like I could say, oh, well, the Chiefs still need secondary help or, oh, the Chiefs still need like a linebacker. And it's like, no, they don't. If, if, If 15 is healthy and they got guys for 15 to throw the ball to, that's it. And... Like I said it jokingly, but it's you almost have to if you're at the end of this draft and you're another team that is really talented, if you're the Eagles, you're the Bills, and you know the Chiefs are at some in some sense or form an eventual reality for you, you either gotta hate draft or draft niggas to go get them. And so like if you're the Eagles, yeah, like and the Eagles is itself, it's like You've already got a crazy pass rush, so it's not like you can really like load up so much more to be like, oh, we got to go out in homes even more. Or I had them taken. Uh, excuse, it's like if you wanted to go get somebody in the secondary, like you've already had a good secondary, so you kind of just got to hate block them, not let them get who might be like their most ideal position. Um, but if they get a guy like Washington, who as Travis Kelsey, who is older, and if there's any flaw with their offense, is that. Yeah, they're probably a little too Travis Kelsey reliant, especially this year with no Tyreek Hill. And now yeah. even Juju being gone, like most likely, I don't know if there's like another consistent receiver, a receiver who's consistently would say gets a first round grade. They could easily take another receiver here to replace Juju. Or like I said, I think Washington has more long-term potential to eventually replace Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey's 32 now, I think, 32, 33, like, he is technically an older player, even if he doesn't play like it yet. And his career yeah. will be extended for another three or four more years because he gets to play with Mahomes. But you get more young guys in. Like, the Chiefs fixed their entire offensive line in a year. Like, it's it's just infuriating being, like, being a fan of a team that's in the same division as them. And you know, beyond, like, you as a fan be like, nah, we could take them. Like, they're just – they got the best player. They're ran better than most organizations – and they still got talent, young players. So it's like fuck them. So they get Darnell Washington. Shout I out do, to him. I do think they'll. I do think they'll end up going. Um, I do think they'll end up going wide receiver on Thursday. 
Now, which one would be the question, but I do think they go wide receiver. I, I do too. I think for my draft specifically, and not just hate drafting, like I said, I think that somebody, I think receiver and tight end, I think there is going to be somebody drafted much higher than other teams. I think somebody like the Patriots could take a tight end as high as 14. Just once again, organizationally, how they do shit. I think the Packers could take a receiver early, if almost nothing else, to just kind of as a final fuck you to Aaron Rodgers. Like we've all heard the numbers of like they haven't drafted a first round receiver in however many years. So it's like your first year with love. Do you take a first round receiver? So I think those two positions, potentially somebody going higher than they should, quote unquote, is then going to leave. Like Kansas City just gets to take whatever's left. And they're going to take, uh, I think we had three tight ends going the first round and five receivers. So it's like whoever's either the third tight end or the fifth receiver. And it's, and it's free money because you're not going to be bad playing with 15. Like, it's just, I don't know if it's possible. You could be, Juju had a hell of a game in the Super Bowl. That's all I got, man. I just, I just, <laughs> the, it's, this is, the thing. <laughs> this is my reality. I was like, it's a good thing we had Peyton for five years. That was, that was a good run. Like, these yeah, niggas might literally, right. these niggas like literally sweep the West for the next decade. And it's infuriating. That's possible. Um, you got anything you want to say before we get out of here? Um, just looking forward to, you know, the week, the entire weekend, not just Thursday, but, you know, day two is always fun. Day three is where you find, you separate, you know, those teams from an organization. So I'm I'm definitely looking, looking forward to this whole thing. I think it's going to shape out really good for a lot of teams. And it's always fun to see, you know, these guys get drafted and, you know, see hard work get rewarded. So, no, a thousand percent. Uh, I do have to ask really quick on the way out. Do you think any team, especially in that top five to ten range, makes their draft pick and then signs Lamar? There's a lot of talk about would you sign him, but you give away next year's draft pick, not this year if you're already in the top five to ten. Um, good question. Great question, actually. I don't think so, just because I feel like you'd be better off waiting till next season to get the quarterbacks. You think like going trying to get like a Caleb Williams or um was Drake May? Is that the you other got one? Caleb even say you miss out on Caleb cool. You got Drake May who is incredible. You got Shadora Sanders who will put people on notice. That's Dion's son. For those that don't know, you know, at Colorado he'll ball out. Um, you have Quinn Ewers from Texas. He'll be good. Like, you, you're you much better off getting that franchise-changing quarterback next year to come in and make an immediate impact than you are this year. So it's like if you are waiting to draft someone and then sign Lamar, like, okay, fine. No, no one really knows what Lamar wants. I think that all of this – Hoopla is leading to him playing this season in the franchise and see what happens from that point on. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's it it is something that we hear that Baltimore want to be over with, but we understand that it's not. We understand that we'll have to deal with it for another season. Why when he plays great, why isn't he getting paid? If he doesn't play so great, you know, well, this is why you can't pay him X, Y, Z. So. It's all bullshit. I'm just hoping that he ends up getting paid what he deserves to be paid. 
well, what he negotiates to be paid, rather. And that, um, you know, Ravens can have a good season. Nah, a thousand percent. Um, hope Lamar gets paid. I do think, and it's unfortunate, and I'm not really trying to compare the two, but, like, I do think he kind of – it was a bad look that Jalen Hurts got the contract he got. And if you believe any of the – and it's and I don't really know if I believe any of the stories coming out of either camp. But if you believe the quote-unquote stories of, like, what the Ravens have offered them, it's like, all right, my nigga, we know – like, we know you an MVP. We know you great. But it's like I, – I did a quick little video on TikTok. I'm like, Jalen's actually a good comparison because you got one clear standout season, the Super Bowl season for Hurts and the MVP season for Lamar. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and, and it's on it's for for people that have never been close to a million dollars. Yeah, it is sometimes hard to like fathom. It's like 170 million guaranteed, or 180, like 100, like a nigga gotta wire you 180 million dollars overnight. And it's like, <laughs> it's just, it's as somebody who's like not even like close to it's as an average person, like it's just hard to sometimes like put that into perspective of like, I know you said no to what, but right. hope he gets paid. I'm a fan of Lamar. With that being said, appreciate everybody for listening. Go check that draft out on Thursday. Tony's definitely going to be tweeting it out, talking shit. I'm definitely going to be tweeting some stuff. And we're going to catch y'all next time. Peace.